Hello, and welcome back to Throw Down, an action cinema podcast where we take you through every decade and every corner of the world of action cinema. I'm Vaughn, and I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm good, Vaughn. How are we doing today? I am doing great. This is going to be a very fun one. This is a favorite of both of ours, yes. I think. Um, so this week, we've got Michael Davis's Shoot 'em Up from 2007. Starring Clive Owen and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Monica Belushi. Um, oh, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's very fun. How did you come to this movie, um, firstly? First and foremost, how did you find this movie? What led you to this movie? What do you think of this movie? I think you led me to this movie. I think it was when you put together that list of live-action Looney Tunes. That yeah, that, that might, I that, that I saw sense. it on there, and I was like, "That looks that looks like fun." So I checked it out, and I was like, "Oh, this is like it was completely exceeded all of my wildest <laughs> expectations of what a movie that looked completely ridiculous could possibly be." And it is so much fun. So I'm very excited to be talking about it today. Yeah, for the uneducated listener, I have a list on Letterboxd of movies or live-action movies, I should say, not not Looney Tunes movies themselves, but movies that embody sort of the ideas and the chaotic antics of those theatrical Looney Tunes shorts. And Shoot 'Em Up very much falls into that category. It is very much a live-action what if Bugs Bunny had a gun? The movie. <laughs> yeah, not not only does it just like feel like oh, that, no, no. but it directly leans into it 100%. multiple times. Like it calls it out. It's like this is what we're doing here. Clive because Owen. Clive Owen is chewing on a carrot the entire movie. <laughs> He's constantly chewing on a carrot. He like one of the archetypal sort of traits of Bugs Bunny it doesn't really get involved in trouble until he's been truly antagonized because at the beginning of this movie Clive Owen is just sort of minding his own business until yep. he gets involved with the the sort of uh, baby snatching narrative of the movie and then he goes full Bugs Bunny meets John Woo um just oh, sort man. of flying around sliding around with like comedic ease and just throwing off squibs and shooting things left right and center it's a real blast of a performance and an idea for a movie in general i think that's what like kind of caught me off guard the most rewatching it is that there is there's zero exposition or setup to mm -hmm. this movie at all it just it opens it clive owen sitting on a like a bus stop bench and then like things happen near him and he thinks i have to go help this lady who's got this baby and then it just goes from there and it all spirals out of control but there is like he is not involved in anything to start and it just happens to him and he joins in and then it just it just goes he's like the audience surrogate character he finds out about the plot of the movie as we find out about the plot yeah. of the movie basically he doesn't really know about the the web he's entangled himself in the larger narrative at play which is a very smart move because it's a very strange plot to begin with and how it evolves anyway, but to drop him yeah. in at the start unknowing and just sort of this naive man wanting to help woman on the run with newborn in arms. Right. Uh, not even newborn, sorry. No, pregnant. she doesn't. Yeah, she's, she's, pregnant. she's just pregnant being chased by, by thugs at the beginning and then he goes to protect her and she gives birth in the middle of an action sequence. And he shoots off the umbilical cord with a gun. <laughs> He sure does. That's when you know you're in for a, that's, quite a wild yeah, ride. <laughs> that's the level of sort of far-fetched action we're working with here, folks. Uh, Clive Owen sees this newborn baby and shoots off the umbilical cord in the middle of like this action blowout. Very little here is kind of adhering to uh, the laws of physics or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It is kind of everything is just how do we get 
the coolest and most interesting action out of any particular moment or sequence that we can set up. It's just committed to making everything be as cool as possible, which is fantastic, and it works very well. Yeah, it's a mixture of sort of like late 90s, early 2000s American gunslinging sensibilities and like airtight cartoon logic. So anything can happen and probably will, but everyone's sort of gunning, yeah. running and gunning constantly. Um, which probably leads us to Paul Giamatti as the, the film's main antagonist here. What do you think about Paul's uh, performance here? He's so fantastic. He's such a like perfectly kind of like schlubby but very menacing villain. Yeah. Like <laughs> You never can quite get a read on him. He's just kind of crazy the whole time. Um, and he kind of immediately matches Clive Owen's level of like just cartoonish commitment to the bit, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is perfect. It's such a great like duo to be uh, at the center of this movie. Yeah, they are fully sort of cartoon characters at this point. He is very much the Elmer Fudd to uh, Clive Owen's Bugs yeah. Bunny. Even like lines of dialogue refer to him as the Waskly Wabbit very much just leaning into that i don't know how much warner brothers know about this movie but we are very <laughs> firmly referencing looney tunes lore throughout the whole thing yeah i mean clive owen literally says what's up doc at one point yeah and at another point um giamatti refers to him as mr bunny so it's yep. just like it's it's definitely being very blatant about what's going on but mm -hmm. I, I appreciate it very much especially when uh the carrot is used multiple times as like a full GI gouging device. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a uh, a comedic uh, like because uh, Bugs Bunny originally chewed on the carrot because of it happened one night. The '30s screwball comedy with Clark Gable who okay. was always munching on a carrot, and even that goes back down to the Marx Brothers with Groucho Marx and his cigar. It's just sort of like an accessory. It's just sort of this. Yeah. Um, it's like this devil may care attitude. It's very relaxed. It's right. very like I've always got the upper hand in every situation. But yeah, the carrot plays such a big part in this movie in various different instances. It's very very funny lines of dialogue like why are you always munching on carrots? And he's like, it's good for your eyesight. And he shoots right. people in the dark. <laughs> it all adds up. It's so good. It's good for your eyesight until it goes right into your eye. And it's not. <laughs> yeah, um. then it's no longer good for anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a screwball action comedy, which is something that doesn't really exist outside of Shoot 'em Up. I don't think. Like, yeah, it's it's very unique. Just movies that are constantly moving, constantly running and gunning, having the time for not only visual gags but well-written and timed gags. But we should say one of the one of the finest moments in that opening sequence, or the the opening ten minutes or so, is when. Giamatti catches Clive Owen on the rooftops and yes. I can't remember the name of the sign what this sign actually reads is it something tools something tools. yeah something like that um, um, but they they shoot out the neon lettering until it says fuck you and then, uh, and then, Giamatti, and then Giamatti shoots back until it says fuck you too and it's just like it's a perfect visual identifier of the type of tone and the type yeah. of like wacky shenanigans this movie is going to get up to yeah it's funny because like I can totally see why I mean, I don't know exactly what the reception was in, in 2007, mm -hmm. but I think this generally gets kind of mixed responses, but I can totally see why, because it's the kind of thing where if you're not kind of in for what it's doing, then I think yeah. you would just think this is exceptionally stupid, but <laughs> yeah. I think it maybe it was not made in the right time, you know, it's kind of a callback to things that people weren't, weren't into in the, the 2000s there. I think it's gained definitely a cult following. Oh, I, for sure. I definitely think it's found its audience now. 
Um, but yeah, basically, if you don't like the the general aura of the movie in the first ten minutes, it's only going to get wackier and weirder from there. So strap right. in. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta commit to to what you can figure out that it's doing very early on. Um, like there are some moments, some layers of sincerity throughout the whole thing, especially with like Monica yeah. Bellucci and uh, Oliver, the the child that is born from the pregnant woman. But mostly, it's sort of tongue in cheek nonsense, running and gunning, sliding through action sequences, inspired by like the likes of Hard Boiled and John Woo, but done in like big American warehouses with like this elaborate set design. So it's funny you mentioned Hard Boiled, not even inspired, but like directly this kind of came from Hard Boiled. So Michael Davis, the idea for this movie literally came from the baby sequence at the end of Hard Boiled. And he thought, let's make a movie kind of with a similar concept. But string, um, stretch it out to like a 90 minute feature. Yeah, I, like a, a full film. Every time I revisit Hard Boiled, I always think the baby like subplot, the baby sort of... Uh, dynamic of that movie is going to be like a longer stretch of the film but i'm always just yeah, thinking it's just like the final up. like 20 minutes yeah, yeah but i always <laughs> think it's like half a movie because you look at the poster and you see him with the baby and right. i always think like he's gonna be like such a central crux but no i'm always thinking of shoot him up instead <laughs> you should always be thinking of shoot him up um but yeah i read that like when they they started working on the idea for this film the pre-production was like included like 17,000 drawings for the action action sequences wow. of like exactly kind of plotting out exactly how they were going to achieve all of these ideas like, which you can definitely see mm -hmm. the execution of everything is just flawless like it's it's absolutely it's cranked up and silly but mm -hmm. there's a very real dedication to making sure that all of the action just looks absolutely flawless and it really does there's some interesting camera work some different angles and placements that you use so you can definitely get the feel that it has been like methodically storyboarded yeah. and planned out in that way to give like a, a visually concise series of action sequences in that sort of tongue-in-cheek manner it's funny you say the the camera work because it's one of my favorite things about this movie is that it's shot by um peter pao Take, yeah. who's a yeah. hong kong cinematographer <laughs> who has an academy award for best cinematography for uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon uh, a movie i rewatched last night and i kept thinking oh, so good this man is responsible sure for shoot him up <laughs> it's crazy and he shot yeah he shot tons of of stuff um mm. uh tui hark's double team oh wow god okay, of gamblers yeah. uh, yes, eagle yeah, shooting yeah. heroes Ooh, nice. and then bride of chucky for some reason oh, oh is, um, that a, <laughs> I think, is that a ronnie U movie I think, I think so i think that's um, the connection there just getting those hong yeah. kong guys together but yeah the movie genuinely looks good um the action is is kind of over edited to a point but it also moves well together like um it's it's over edited and sort of chopped up a lot but the way it moves and the momentum it builds you don't really want you don't need feel the need for that sort of like pulled back look where you can see right. Paul Giamatti and Clive Owen like duke it out in real time. It adds to that cartoonish sensibilities where it's constantly moving and changing. Yeah, I think the difference is that it's much more purposeful. Like a lot of action of this kind of era, it's like that over editing was just done to mask poor choreography. Yes, yeah. And this it's like this is so expertly choreographed, but the editing is there to kind of just add to the frantic pacing because the whole thing is just chaotic and crazy so you never feel like you're you're losing anything because of the editing it's very coherently edited even though it is frantic and chaotic and that ties together with the 
the absolutely fantastic needle drops and the soundtrack oh, in general. The soundtrack is incredible. Like, you've got some real 2000s heavy hitters here. A lot of Wolf Mother, which I was a big fan of. Like you're hearing Joker yeah. the Thief in a movie <laughs> of this nature just absolutely kills me. It's so good and it works well together. Yeah, there's some uh, Nirvana as well. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember all of the the some of the fantastic needle uh, drops here. Mo- but yeah, Motorhead, so good. you get Ace of oh, the Spades. Motorhead, Ace of Spades, Ace of Spades. Yeah. Because one of the like subplots is this newborn baby who Monica Bellucci and Clive Owen are now sort of like rushing around the city out of Paul Giamatti's vision. Um, he's only really calm when he's got headphones on listening to death yeah. metal. <laughs> because his mother worked above like a metal bar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, because it's... above the metal bar is this like maternity lab because he's ha- the, the, the main villain villain is harvesting babies for m- bone marrow transplant. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's a, right. re- <laughs> a really cartoonishly villainous plan, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's it's so cartoony. It, it's like the, it becomes this kind of government conspiracy where you've got this, uh, this can, this uh, government, I can't remember what he's running for, if he's just like Congress or if he's mm-hmm. a presidential candidate or something, but um, becomes this whole conspiracy where he's been running this uh, underground operation to like keep himself alive. Um, and he's also like a fake democrat that actually wants to lobby to support guns or something like there's all this weird stuff that comes in at the end that you're like what's going on here yeah it does get a bit sort of hectic towards the end it really ramps up to that yeah which is nice though because for the first like hour of the movie you don't really have a a full sense like of the the full scope of things you are just situated with the trio of monica belushi and Clive Owen running away from Paul Giamatti, and you know that it's going to unravel later in the film. But I think the best moments are just the running and gunning, and you're just sort of caught up in the screwball action of everything, rather than yeah, like, but like concentrating on the baby hatchery scheme that's right. going on in the background <laughs> later on. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, what's great is that you're always right alongside um, Clive Owen's Smith as he's figuring everything out because mm-hmm. he knows nothing just like you do. So like by the time he gets to the end and the conspiracy kind of all comes to light and the chaos really starts ramping up, you're you're kind of right there with him. Like this is what's happening and you're like, this is crazy and kind of bizarre and confusing, but he's just as confused as you are and had, like how this whole plan just kind of makes no sense. Giamatti's really good. He's really fun. He gets the gets the tone of the movie correct. He's doing kind of like kind of an accent almost impression thing. It comes off at like this really sort of hammy Al Pacino meets Heath Ledger's Joker. I've written in yeah. my notes. Just sort of this sort <laughs> That's of like a good way to put it. scowling but like comedically light in parts. Like he's got a, a funny Ride of the Valkyries ringtone. He's always yeah. talking in these little like quippy dialogues between him and um clive owens character fully in like yosemite sam like uh elmer fudd territory yeah oh he's so great it's definitely very hammed up and ridiculous but Mm -hmm. it's so perfect i I love that it really does it's just like every every little thing plays up the the cartoon stuff so well in the final act there's a whole sequence with all of these like almost like wily coyote traps that he sets in like this warehouse fight it's just like 
real he's like, got guns attached to strings kevin and mccallister like, after dark yeah. he's just like luring people into this disgusting jigsaw trap that he's set up with like firearms <laughs> right. going off and just murdering people uh, but the way i think the best part about this character is just his ability to be able to slide at any point oh he just at any always, point yeah. in the movie he will be sliding 30 feet along the floor <laughs> he'll be sliding under bathroom stalls he'll be sliding on like worktop surfaces like running and gunning and sliding and slipping his way through this really running his way through the movie i love that yeah he's just like kind of sprinting everywhere at all times and it's kind of like just tracking everywhere he's going uh to kind of jump back to the beginning one of my favorite like I think the the moment where like the movie is really like either you're in or you're out mm-hmm. is when um he puts the baby on the uh I don't even know what you call that um like the not merry-go-round but the whatever that spinny thing is oh yeah I I just put and, like, uh, uh, I, I just put roundabout so yeah the shooting the roundabout so Paul right. Giamatti can't <laughs> access the baby and it's like how does this even work physically but okay right it's it's definitely that moment of like the physics do not apply here mm-hmm. but you're either you're either in or you're out because then he just as it's spinning and the baby is fucking like spinning around at a thousand miles an hour he it's runs not by safe it's not up. safe for this brand new newborn <laughs> no. by the way like this this baby's gonna grow up to be um uh, dizzy i'm gonna say <laughs> i would agree with that yeah <laughs> but yeah that's definitely the moment of like i am either i'm just gonna commit to the absurdity of this or i think this is exceptionally stupid uh but thankfully i'm committed well, to how absurd it is if i saw this on it released or even like 10 years ago i would have completely dismissed this as a waste oh, of time just yeah. because like it's it's not an action movie in the sense that uh, like those 2000s were getting us really gritty sort of hard-hitting crime dramas with action peppered in throughout whereas this is a comedic action first foremost and last it's only trying to be a funny entertaining time it's not really getting bogged down yeah. in the self-seriousness it's not really commenting on the the political landscape it takes place in nor the uh, the baby harvesting uh secret elite right <laughs> It just uses yeah, that it, as a as an offset to make ridiculous gun related traps and right. um, shooting bullets with your hands. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's so many great little moments. I think this has maybe the best uh, proposal scene in any movie where <laughs> he, he uses the the gun to propose to Monica Bellucci, uh-huh. which is there's just so many great little moments guns are just extensions of characters in this you yeah. rarely see clive owen or paul giamatti without holding a weapon in some regard um uh, clive owen abseils down a staircase a long winding staircase what is holding a baby in one arm and a machine gun in the other of course. and that just sums up the movie movie perfectly for me yeah they're definitely always wielding some kind of weapon as an extension of themselves and when there's any moment where that kind of there's a brief lapse of that it's not going to last long because you know Mm -hmm. that uh something's about to happen and whatever's going on that's going to be incorporated into an action sequence which leads to some uh (laughs) like shocking some shocking moments throughout but it is it is an absolute blast a lot of great squib work a lot of great explosions and effects we are definitely renting out various locations to blow up and and distort through the cinematic lens and then we'll get like later periods of the movie where we're doing obvious fake skydiving, which feels incredibly yeah. cartoony, but I don't mind the visual look of it just because the 
the film as a whole is working on such a, a funny cartoon logic that of course we're not going to do right. real skydiving with preposterous scenarios that happen mid-fall like, yeah i think that's i mean at that point you're either you've already been either in or out checked out to such hours. a degree that it's like you're gonna commit to this if you're already in but definitely that whole skydiving sequence is the most standout of like this just does not look good at all no no but very um, video gamey the whole movie itself is very video oh, definitely gamey, really yeah. really like adrenaline pumped adrenaline fueled sort of nonsense set pieces that you'd see in a like a parody of video games of the 2000s just being all testosterone and muscle yeah. flare nonsense but shoot 'em up i think is a concise little package of cartoonish wonderment and uh like heroic bloodshed sensibilities merged yeah it's got so many of these great influences and I, yeah definitely the the concept of merging this kind of cartoony looney tunes bugs bunny kind of style with hong kong choreography and like sensibilities uh, what it turns out is is absolutely outstanding i had so much fun re-watching it i unintentionally ended up showing it to a couple of my friends Ooh, and they both the... had a great time yes, with it good which good, I, good. I didn't really know what and i kind of just threw it on and they were like all right we'll check this out and i think it, it took a little bit but once they were both in they were definitely they were definitely in for the ride and it was funny throughout one of my <laughs> friends commented he was like how does this movie like he was like how is this shot so well when everything happening is so dumb and i was like <laughs> yeah. well let me tell you about the academy award-winning cinematographer yeah, <laughs> like i, I t- yeah i, I don't really know how this did in 2007 as we said earlier because michael davis the director i would have just given him a blank check for this movie i'd be like you do whatever you want you make a thousand more of these you do something else i don't really know looking at his filmography don't really see anything i recognize really like shoot him up is the only sort of poster i've ever seen before he's got a movie from 2003 called monster man i would like to check out monster man at some point but yeah I, i have not heard of much else he's done no he doesn't really I believe he wrote Double Dragon, which was quite a big sort of uh, like okay. video hit in the in the nineties. Like two brothers, Chinese talisman, martial arts, yeah. that sort of three ninjas wave of the late eighties, nineties. Right. Not as a as like a directing figurehead. Um, oh, Double Dragon's also Mark Dacoskitz as well. So hell yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I should check that out. But yeah, shoot 'em up. Damn good movie damn good movie indeed so jack what do you have for us for next time i'm really excited this i have no idea what you're about to bring i know i get to bring i get to bring the secret ones at the moment yes Um, so it's an area of action cinema we don't think i don't think we haven't we definitely haven't covered in any regard um it's a favorite of mine in that i saw it a couple of years ago and there are some sequences in this movie that are just chef kiss absolutely tremendous we're going to the world of black exploitation american black exploitation in the 1970s um, with a martial artist you'll probably know from a big Bruce Lee epic called Enter the Dragon. Um, but we are watching Black Samurai from 1976, Ooh. directed by Al Adamson and starring Jim Kelly. This is sort of a mixture between James Bond exploitation, cult rings, evil organization. Wow, cool. Um, with black exploitation sensibilities running throughout fantastic soundtrack awesome really cool end sequence very excited to talk about black samurai i'm really looking forward to this already definitely in an area of action and film in general that i am not as Mm -hmm. familiar with as i would like to be so looking forward to checking that one out cool 
All right. Well, you can find us all around the internet as always. If you can follow us on Letterboxd or Twitter slash X, uh, Blue Sky is now open for invites, and we are both on there. If you want to head over there and uh, and check us out on there, mm-hmm. I think we're both there. Yep. Uh, and then head over to thetwingeeks.com for more podcasts, more coverage of recent releases, more talking about action, all kinds of stuff. Um, you guys, you and Steven just reopened the stacks. If yep. anyone wants to go and check that out. The stacks for a broader sort of coverage on all things movie making and uh, movies in general. We just launched the stacks.co.uk and I do believe I'm thinking of spoiling things as making its grand return. Yes, we will be back. By the time this is out, we should that that return episode should be out as well. So okay, cool. Definitely go and again look for the return of spoiling things. Aha, uh-huh. they're back. They're back and back better than ever. So yeah, next week we will be covering Jim Kelly in Black Samurai. You should be able to find it in various different places online or in your local video store. But until then, I will see you next week, Vaughn. See you next week. Bye.